0: Okay, Todd Adams, Zen Parenting Radio.
1: Kathy Adams, Zen Parenting Radio.
0: We have a wonderful show planned. Give us a few bullet points because you just wrote them down.
1: Oh, you want me to do it? Yes, I do. This is usually your goal.
0: I know, I know. Okay,
1: so we're going to talk about a few things. We're going to talk about um, sibling bullying. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's hard to say. Sibling bullying. The rural juror. Rural juror.
0: Have you ever seen, uh, what show is that from? It's 30 Rock. 30 Rock, and they talk about the rural juror. It's
1: Jenna's movie, and she keeps talking about it, but nobody knows what she's saying. Because
0: it's hard to say. Because it's hard to say. And what are we saying? Sibling.
1: Sibling bullying.
0: Sibling bullying. (laughs) Rural juror.
1: (laughs) Blah, blah, blah.
0: Blah, blah, blah. Okay, what's next? (laughs) Oh, my God. Come
1: on. Okay, sorry. Um, Get it together, man. Bullying. We're gonna re. Um, we're gonna talk about this boys' class that we're doing again because I have learned some things, and we're gonna
0: ask for help from our listeners. We I are, decided. and
1: I've been kind of doing my own um, research on figuring out why boys haven't um, signed up for this class, and I think we're making some headway. Okay. Um, we're also gonna give our divorce tip, as we talked about that we would do for a while.
0: Our series.
1: Our series. We're also going to talk about. Um, we have a friend who and the
0: tip isn't how to get divorced, right? No, because that would be a weird no. divorce tip. Actually,
1: no. We actually, the whole point of the show is to try and
0: avoid divorce, avoid
1: those kind of things. But when it's already done, it's done, and that and once you're in that place, there are ways to do um, to manage things in the most effective and. Um, positive way it's all
0: about the kids
1: it's all it's all about the kids it wouldn't be fair to the kids yes it wouldn't
0: be <laughs> and that is from
1: that is from multiplicity oh, how God. did you not just pull out multiplicity? i love that movie i know and i don't nobody know why talks
0: about that movie because
1: it's not that good. michael
0: keaton and multiplicity buy from itunes today
1: okay I agree with the Michael Keaton thing because I love him, mm-hmm. but Multiplicity is not his even close to being his best movie. You're
0: not close to being your best movie. <laughs> Do you
1: want to know why that movie came out? Because like cloning was like big then? Yeah, it's so not very like,
0: big anymore, is it?
1: Well, it sure is, I but it's care. not new news. So, okay. And then another thing, a few things. You're going to talk about something in regards to sports. I'm going to give
0: three bullet point sports things.
1: And then we also have a friend who's dealing with some issues where her um, parents are struggling and... And she has young children. And we've talked about this on the show before, but that middle place and Mm -hmm. how to talk to your kids when you're grieving and there's a lot going on in your family.
0: Um, I first want to talk about our sponsor, Helping Hands Maid Services. They have that uh, carpet cleaning that is really good. And they have these uh, deals where they offer a free 12-month spot and spill warranty with all your carpets. So if you hire them to come in, clean your carpets. And something happens, within 12 months, they'll come back and do it for free.
1: 12 months is a year.
0: That is a year. Good job. See,
1: that's things I Calendar learned
0: in school. Calendar lady. <laughs> um, 630-530-1324, helpinghandsmadeservices.com. Life is too short to clean your home.
1: I agree, man. When they um, come, it makes my day a lot easier.
0: I know they do. And you are always in a good mood when they're going to come I know,
1: because it takes this huge thing off my list. Because how often do I clean this house every day?
0: And it's not something you enjoy doing.
1: No, picking up is all right. But the whole cleaning thing. Anyway, go okay.
0: On. Um, all right. So uh, can we start with a quick uh, bullet point of my sports things? Yes, you go first. First of all, Phil Mickelson lost the U.S. Open uh, this weekend.
1: I saw and it. And I'm
0: not really the biggest fan of his, but I, I am his becoming— His hair is getting long. Well, and it's kind of he's—I think he's going bald a little bit, ah, slowly but surely. But okay. anyways, he on Thursday before his first round—you know, most golfers come in on Sunday, they do all these practice rounds, and they get ready for it. And he took the red eye on Wednesday night to get to the golf tournament. He had like an hour between when his plane landed in Pennsylvania to when he has actually golfing. Hmm. Why do you think that he was late?
1: I hope you're going to say family.
0: He decided that it was more important to attend his eighth, your eighth grade daughter's graduation.
1: Oh, I love that.
0: And I just thought that that was really, really good. He's a
1: family guy. He, I've heard a lot about his wife was sick, wasn't yeah, she? Yeah, she had
0: breast cancer, and then I think his mom had breast cancer, so it was kind of a crazy uh, traumatic time. But what's funny is he has this persona that is so nice and gentle and smiling and friendly, but I've always heard these rumors about how he's different when the cameras are off or hmm. whatever. I am not making judgment either way. All I know is when I hear a story about a guy who has his priorities in check to the point where he's going to take a red eye have you ever taken a red eye
1: yes and it was a nightmare Awful. it took me like 24 hours to recover
0: think about golfing and one of the hardest golf courses in this country in one of the four majors and taking a red eye t- i mean it's ridiculous Andy and he came
1: in second which is and he really came good. in
0: second so maybe he could have came in first but the bottom but what's interesting and i don't i think we can talk about this for a long time but i don't want to i don't know if i would have had the discipline to do such a thing hmm.
1: I you know That's I don't a, know either.
0: I mean an eighth grade graduation is an important event, but this is Daddy's work and this is one of the biggest things of what he does but he just has his i I, I would love to say I would do the exact same thing but I I'm not sure.
1: Well, here's what I'll say. he's been doing this a long time, right. Yes. So he, and he's obviously gone through some things, like you said, his wife had breast cancer, his mom had breast cancer. I have a feeling he has been woken up to what's most important in life. Yes,
0: you're probably right. And
1: so something like this, how many opens has he done? I'm not saying they're not important. He's been doing it a long
0: time. He doesn't need the money. He doesn't need the but money. But at this point, it's not about the money for these golfers. It's about winning major championships. That's how they decide on whether their their um, reputation, whatever the word Would is. Would
1: you ever miss one of our daughter's graduations? I can't even fathom you doing that.
0: I don't think so, but it's just so easy for every dad to say, oh, I would have done the same thing. And I don't know if it's that easy because it's a huge deal. Right. Now, your eighth, your daughter's eighth grade graduation is also a huge deal. I'm not saying either one of them are not big deals, but, you know, I don't know.
1: Here's the difference. If the eighth grade graduation would have been on Friday in the midst of the open— he can't be there. Right. But he could make that work. Right. By taking a red eye. So, therefore, I think it would be a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one thing to say this is daddy's work mm-hmm. because I can't be there because this is the U.S. Open.
0: Right. But he could but be there. He but he could still. be there. So, and I don't know if his graduation, if her graduation would have been on Friday that he would have made the same decision. Probably not. But it doesn't matter. He
1: wouldn't have been able to because right. he'd be in the middle of the open. That's my point. Right. Is that is inflexible. Right.
0: But but even that, I mean, you pretty much count you know count yourself out if you're going to take a red eye cross country from California to Pennsylvania, as you're going into your tea time on Thursday morning.
1: It's yeah, crazy. It, it's I, so regardless, regardless, it's, kudos kudos it's, to it's Phil. Nice
0: job. I have two other stories, but I don't want to take too much time. Just
1: up. go quick.
0: Um. Well, there is a story in the USA Today today. Um, today and, USA Today today.
1: Okay. Double double today. Yes,
0: double today. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a story about how these college football coaches are recruiting these seventh and eighth graders to, um, and they're offering them scholarships in seventh grade to go play football at these universities. And I just wonder, you, Miss Software Parent, what you think about that? <laughs>
1: well, we actually took a two minute but right before we started, and you told me this story, so I kind of already had my huge emotional response. I I don't actually think it's bad or good. I don't have a big. Um, Judgment. Coaches on it. stop doing. Yeah, this or whatever. It, nothing like that because for some kids, this is a huge opportunity, and it gives them, you know, because if if they're recruiting them in seventh or eighth grade, basically they're taking them under their wing, and they're going to bring them to camps every summer. They're going to support them with their grades. They're going to do whatever they have to do to get this player to play, you know, at yeah, their school. Right. So in some ways, it's an opportunity. The only thing I look at from the big picture is this kid's life is already mapped out for him. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a lot of pressure. And it doesn't give him a lot of opportunity to try other things. Like a kid who loves football at 13. May not he may, want it yeah, when he's 17. He may want something different when he's yeah. 17. And if your life's already mapped out, they're going to feel pretty trapped. Yeah. So it it can go either way. Um, it You just have to, the parents have to be able, willing Able and willing to listen to what their child has to say.
0: Well, and it speaks to the competitive nature of college sports, and it's a little out of balance. Well,
1: and that's what's crazy is when I look at the fact that what they keep doing to outdo each other, these universities, is going younger and younger and younger. And how Yeah,
0: before, in the old days, they would look at juniors and seniors in high school. And then all of a sudden, they started looking at sophomores and freshmen in high school. Right Now they're looking at 8th and 7th graders in high school. And when they were recruiting just juniors and seniors, they'd be like, that's ridiculous. Why would you ever recruit a 7th or an 8th grader? Now they're recruiting 7th oh, yeah. and 8th graders. And I, I wonder, like, what's next? Are they going to start recruiting Fifth graders to play
1: in. I think the pendulum will swing, the meaning I think we're going so extreme that it's going to come back. I don't right. know when, but right. you can't go younger than that. You're, you're not but even... But they said
0: the same thing, you know, 10 years ago when they're just recruiting high schoolers. They haven't
1: even gone through puberty. I know. You know, some of these kids. So it's just unfair. Um, but, you know, remember Hoop Dreams? Yes. Did you see Hoop Dreams? And then for those of you who did, you know what I'm talking about. If you didn't, it's a documentary that was done in Chicago. Um about two kids, different families, and their experience with wanting to get to the NBA. And right. this documentarian, is that a word? Documentarian? Yes, it is. He followed them from a very young age, yeah. through high school, through college, and what happened. It's very interesting. Hmm. Um, but point being is that the way that, that it started out is not the way that it ended. Right. You remember?
0: Right. Well, one of them kind of did okay, but the other one just basically flaked the, out from a basketball standpoint.
1: He, but he was the one that everyone thought was going to be, be the really star. Good, yeah. Right. And the other kid who didn't seem to have as much whatever he actually worked his way through the system in a different way right. and did pretty well, yeah. if I remember correctly. So anyway.
0: Um, all right, so let's get into the 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 what's the word? The, the nitty-gritty. The nitty-gritty. I was gonna use a different word, but we'll use nitty-gritty okay. of the show and talk about sibling bullying. Okay. Are you okay with that? Yeah. I'm ready. So I once again I, I read something and You uh, read
1: something? On the internet today.
0: <laughs> and it talks about uh bullying, um, you, we, whenever we think of bullying, we think of peer-to-peer Peer bullying. bullying. Right. And what this article talks about is how the, the damage that you can do from sibling bullying, mm-hmm. basically an older brother and a younger sister or whatever, and how it really affects um, these kids in the long run. And I think a lot of people's typical responses is, that's just the way siblings are, mm-hmm. and it's really not that big of a deal. So my question to you, once again, mm-hmm. sweetie pie, mm-hmm. is what do you think? Is this a real thing?
1: Yes. Oh, for sure. And I think that it's a real thing and that, um, like you said, parents are, parents either justify it or don't want to deal with it or say, well, that's what my siblings did. That's what we did. And we turned out okay. Don't you love that we turned out okay?
0: It's the one thing that drives me the most nuts I know. about what parents I say. got
1: spanked and I turned out okay. I watch TV every day and I turned out okay.
0: And my response my... is always what?
1: What did you really turn Did you, out okay? do you really think you're that
0: okay? Because most of us aren't. Most I know I'm not. I'm right? not. Okay. Oh, for
1: sure. I'm still dealing with my stuff, too. Right. You know, we all have we all have baggage and we try and pretend that there's some kind of normal title
0: for this week's podcast. You are not okay. <laughs>
1: <You> are. <laughs> How's that? That's zen. That's right. Okay, everybody, go go meditate on That's that. right. No, you the the. I guess the point is is that as parents, it's not our job to say, "Oh, that's exactly like it was when I was a kid, therefore it's okay." It's our job to always be looking for what or how do I say this being in touch with what feels mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and I can't think of a parent who would say it feels right when one kid is beating up on the other when one brother is beating up on another brother or a sister on a sister or a brother on a sister or vice versa
0: let me interrupt you okay because in this article it talks about the four different types of uh, bullying physical assault obviously severe physical assault mm-hmm. Property aggression, you know, mm-hmm. don't take my tape recorder. Mm-hmm. How old am I? I just said tape recorder. Tape recorder, oh my gosh. And then psychological aggression. <laughs> don't take my tape recorder. <laughs> psychological aggression.
1: Uh, don't take my Atari.
0: Feeling bad or scared. The Atari twenty six hundred. I think that's what it's called. Um, <laughs> you know I
1: didn't I had something called Odyssey.
0: Yeah, I remember Odyssey. You had Odyssey,
1: so it was like the poor man's Atari. Well
0: they had Coleco, they had an television. I was an intelligent television household. Um, but it's funny, you kind of like have rivalries with other uh, families because they like the Atari and I like the Intellivision. They had Coleco, they had Odyssey, they had, what else did and, they Well,
1: in Odyssey, you know it was the poor man's because they always had to use the different name. Like, it wasn't Pac-Man. Right. It was like...
0: Well, Pac-Man was Lock and Chase. <laughs> Um, for <laughs> Intellivision. And great.
1: they like had a, uh, their own little Donkey Kong, but it was like a guy yeah. instead of, you know, it they was just, just
0: barely, just barely it.
1: totally. They'd be like, it's different.
0: Best Intellivision game was Sea Battle. Mm. So for the the 50 people out there on the internet that knows what Sea Battle is, they know what I'm talking about. Okay. The other people don't.
1: Oh, ours was called something like, the, the Pac-Man was called Casey Munchkin. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yikes. You gotta look that up. So here's the thing. Obviously, the physical thing is is one thing. But okay. I want to zero in on the psychological aggression. Feeling bad or scared because a sibling says mean things. Yeah. Or, you know, I remember I had a high school, um, a grade school friend. And um, it was in his basement. And we were looking at his brother's record collection. Mm-hmm. And we, we had to pick it up and put it back in its exact place. Like if it was tweaked a little bit, mm. he would have found out and my friend Mike would have received a beating from his brother. Oh,
1: and I think so that scary. happens all
0: the time. And talk about living in fear. Like, what do you do with that? And I think that happens all the time. So,
1: Well, and here's, here's the thing that we have to understand is that we say, well, they're siblings. They can beat up on each other. They can be angry. They can steal things from each other. But they won't do that in the real world. And I think you're fooling yourself. Mm-hmm. I think that behaviors th- – One of the coolest things about having a sibling, and I'm saying this from like looking at this from a positive viewpoint, is the fact that you can learn how to deal with people by having that Um, intense interaction in the home. Will there be um, anger and frustration and fights? Yes. But do you learn how to solve them? Or do you just learn how to hold power over people and be aggressive and be cruel? Mm -hmm. Is that how you learn how to deal with your sibling issues? Because if that is your bottom line, um, that's what you'll use right. in the world. And I think that we we try in our own brains to separate and say, oh, I treat you know my brother and my sister that way, but I would never treat anyone else that way. And you may not normally, but it's still in there. But, that still and becomes then,
0: your tool. And it's just, I don't know how this is going to come out, but it's like, why is that okay? Like out of all the people in the world that you wouldn't want to bully, it would probably be your family. Well, like, and Why is that okay?
1: And again, that's the number one thing. I just think the reason I wanted to kind of, Focusing in on that is I think a lot of families do normalize right. sibling aggression and sibling bullying right. and what we have to understand is what you just said why would you want it to be okay mm-hmm. for your kids to kick the crap out of each other right. why would you think that that is a good thing for them psychologically or a good thing for their relationship and so then parents are going to say right now Todd well then what do I do what do we do well,
0: I'd say everything else we talk about on the show is allow, you know, I don't know. What do you think? You're better at answering these questions than I am. Well,
1: and I don't think there's one answer. As we know, it's not just one thing. This comes down to the way, you know, the big picture, the big umbrella is, is how do we treat our children and how do we treat each other in a partnership? Right. If we're yelling at each other and hitting each other and throwing things at each other, then your kids are going to do that too. Right. And you can tell them not to, but they don't learn by listening to you. They learn by watching you. And well, and much- they
0: learn by watching you how you treat your spouse. And
1: that's what I mean. Yeah. They learn by watching how you fight. Mm-hmm. If you fight dirty, mm-hmm. if you yell and scream, if you call people names and you throw things, they're going to do that. Right. And you can't ask them to be any different than right. that if you're, if you're not demonstrating a way of being. Now, here's the thing. It doesn't mean you don't get mad and angry, and it doesn't mean you don't have fights. It means that if that does occur, you come back. And figure out a way to repair that you mm-hmm. apologize you speak what you need to you say what you need to say you ask you know there's all these tools that we don't utilize
0: well and one of the tools I know you don't like the word timeout, but what the cool off
1: chill out you yeah. know the
0: chill out so when one brother is about to go crazy on the other brother you need to give them direction saying listen you look angry it's okay to be angry you need to walk away I need you to walk away right. so you can chill out for a little bit and
1: i know a lot of people and you you had a brother so you know what this is like and a lot of people say well brothers are different boys are different and and i will say you know i had a sister and we would fight in a pretty serious way we'd pull Ooh, hair and yeah, stuff yeah some
0: hair pulling yeah there. we
1: would get angry and i would have serious i remember having like really serious rage, rage you know with her sometimes so it's not just boys there's mm-hmm. this happens with girls but when it does come down to boys this is kind of the, and I know nobody wants to hear emotions when it comes to boys, I'm learning that, but this is the emotional intelligence piece. They may fight and they may make choices to hit each other or kick each other, but as parents, we have to come in and say, I know you're angry, mm-hmm. and so you're taking that on in your brother, but that is not okay.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm not saying it won't happen. I'm saying, how do we respond to it when it happens?
0: And you attribute consequences to doing you it. You
1: bet and you know consequences See, we say
0: consequences but really aren't we saying punishment no
1: they're different things why because consequences to me is something that's natural something that is if you do a then b will happen right is that the right way to say it if you do this then this will happen if punishment is you did this therefore i'm going to force you to do this and make you do this so you feel bad about what you did they, they are, and again, someone will say, well, to me, that's the same so thing.
0: So yours is more about the energy that you bring to it. But it's, but you can pretty much say the exact same thing two different ways. Well, there's a spider. Hi, Spidey. Oh, He's just, just dropping. Yeah, he
1: dropped from the sky. He's
0: going to drop on your head. Okay. I that's saved okay.
1: you. I don't mind spiders, um, even though I don't want them on my head.
0: It's about the energy that you bring to um, to the situation. Because you could say the same thing, but use different, langu- or use, um, different um, energy of how you choose to communicate the same exact language right does that make sense it,
1: it is and you know I, I don't love the word punishment, so I don't use, I mean, it. use it that often, but I'm not saying if you use that word, therefore you're doing it wrong. Right. Because like you said, words are, mean different things to different people. Right. I guess the way I look at it is if a child is using a certain toy inappropriately and they're hitting the walls with it and doing it, you can't use that toy anymore. Right. It's not, now you have to go sit in a corner and feel shameful. Right. This toy, you're not using it correctly, therefore it's going away. Right. It's a natural consequence to that behavior. When you go out with these friends, you come home and you're disrespectful to me. Therefore, I cannot have you go out with these people right now because when you come home, you show me something that's inappropriate. Now, will they get other opportunities to try again? Of course, because children make mistakes, teenagers make mistakes, and they need to show you that they can maybe correct it you know meaning you can give the toy back eventually. Right. You can you can allow that team to go back out and see if they can try again and do it in a correct way.
0: Well, and I don't know if this is exactly what you're saying, but from a consequence standpoint, you need to stick to your guns. And what I mean by that is it's just easy for us as parents to take the path of least resistance. Hmm. You know, like, for you, sure. You make a decision and then all of a sudden you hear the whining or or how it's going to affect you because of whatever consequence you decided upon. You need to Once you decide something, you got to stick with it.
1: And oh, go ahead, honey.
0: And then, secondly, you need to be. Assuming you have a partner in the household, you need to be on the same page. You need to send the same clear message yes. to the kids. No playing off mom, playing off dad. Yeah,
1: dad will tell me a different thing than mom does. Therefore, I'm going to go to him.
0: First question we always ask each other is, "What am You know, the guy that comes say? to me mm-hmm. say, "Can I have another yogurt?" Well. Did you ask mom? Mm -hmm. So sometimes they try to be sneaky about that. And and sometimes
1: what you decide to do with them is not what I would decide. But if if it's not a big deal, I'm like, what's, you know. But one thing I will say, do you want to know my opinion of why parents backtrack on what they say they're going to do?
0: Um, Why do they backtrack? Let me think about this. They backtrack because they are weak no. Oh. That's, <laughs> they backtrack because they are bad people.
1: <laughs> no. No. They backtrack because they feel guilty. That's
0: what I was going to say, because they feel yeah, guilty. Yeah, that was just on no. the tip of your tongue. <laughs> they feel
1: guilty, and let me tell you why they feel guilty. It's They will say, well, my child manipulated me. My child made me feel guilty. It's got nothing to do with your child. It's what's going on in you. Mm-hmm. You either don't feel like you're giving enough for whatever reason, you feel like you're working too much. You feel like you're not around. You feel like you've been mean to them before. You feel like they're getting a, you know, life is so difficult for them already. I don't want to be difficult. And the thing that we, we have to understand, this kind of goes back to Parenting 101, mm. is to be a parent that is listened to, respected, and uh, appreciated for, um, for who they are in the family is someone who can stand their ground and be consistent and who, it, who, who? Parents with integrity, who you know, and you're not going to do it perfectly. You know, I have backtracked on things before too. Sure. I have felt guilt before too. But for the most part, that guilt is going to kill your parenting. Mm-hmm. If you walk around feeling bad about things you should have done, or I should have said this, or life is so tough, or I don't want my kid to experience what I experienced, that's always the you know um, you're doing a disservice Mm -hmm. to yourself and them because then they don't know what to count on. Right? They don't have any consistency. They don't have anyone grounding them, and when I I don't mean grounding like punishing or consequence. I mean someone who keeping their
0: feet on the ground keeps
1: their feet on the ground, and you know you can. As Todd and I always talk about, there's balance in here, meaning some rules don't work anymore. And you have to be willing to notice when your child is grown up. You know, it's kind of like a parent who's still trying to do a timeout with a 13 year old. Mm -hmm. That may not work anymore. You know, you gotta like play with the things that you used to do and you have to be in the moment with your parenting. Some things just don't work and you have to be creative and you have to come up with new things. So some things you have to let go of. Um, so it, it, it's fluid. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, but at the same time, if you're going to say, you know, the rule is this, and then you constantly break that rule, they are going to learn not only in your own home, but everywhere that authority doesn't need to be respected. Right. And, so, and so you don't want to be so authoritarian that they are fearful, but you also want them to have an understanding of when you say something, you mean it, and you honor yourself and them.
0: You know, one thing that happens in our household is say, okay, guys, time to go to bed. Yeah. And sometimes we have to ask like six times and it drives me nuts.
1: And, you know, there are times when I, I, I agree. But then
0: I th- think to myself, what do I want, robots? Well, you know what I mean?
1: And the thing is, is sometimes I say girls go up to bed and I say nothing else. And I expect that they're going to play and mm. wind down and be together. And I don't really have an issue with that. Right. But if I have had – it's, if it's late – Or sometimes it's me and the way I feel, and I'm pretty forthcoming about that. Girls, I am done. I need to go to bed. You need to get in bed. You you know, whatever. And I'm very literal about what I expect, Mm -hmm. and that's a different story. But when I'm just saying go upstairs and go to bed and they're playing around, I'm not surprised. Right.
0: One other item about this, and then we'll move on, Okay. is it says that... um, when, aggre- when aggressive interactions are repeatedly done in one direction. So in other words, I yeah. guess that would be more when an older brother is bullying a younger sister or mm-hmm. a younger, an older sister is bullying a younger brother, that that is especially, you know, but that seems common sense. Like you got to help the younger kid defend it defend him or herself right
1: well yeah but we we often focus on the victim meaning we have to help the younger child defend himself against this bully who's their brother we need to focus on the bully too why and why do you think it's okay for you to treat someone in our family my child this way you are also my child but this is my child and i will not allow you to treat someone i love and that is your brother that way we're very we're, – we're very, like when you, again, step back and look at the big picture, how in your family do you believe that it's okay for someone to kick someone – And that they can just walk away.
0: So let's say there's somebody listening to this and they have, for whatever reason, uh, allowed this to happen. Yeah. In an extreme way where an older brother will beat up a younger brother because he was asking for it. (laughs) He put
1: air quotes on that, by the way.
0: My question is, um, how how do you go from complete allowance to doing what you just said, which is completely foreign to the dynamics of the household? Like What I was going to suggest is maybe... You kind of lean into this. Because if you just start cold turkey saying, this is not accepted, I just wonder if that will be received as well versus, I don't know, just taking it a little bit slower. Is that a silly idea?
1: Well, no, no. I I think it's, I mean, I I understand the idea of lean in maybe because everyone's got a learning curve. Right. And so it's not like, oh, I'm just going to do a little bit today and maybe more tomorrow. It's about this is going to take some time for this to shift, these behaviors to shift. But I also believe in, and I don't think we take enough time for these things, sitting down with everybody and talking with everybody. You know, you don't have to call it a family, family meeting. Family meetings. <laughs> Sometimes you don't want to use that because that those words because children roll their eyes. But you can sit them down and say, Listen, mm-hmm. we've got an issue. And I want everyone to be aware that I know there is an issue and that we are gonna work on changing this. Mm-hmm. It is not you know, and then you go into right. why it's not okay. You go into what your new expectations are. If you just start you know, throwing out consequences, or, you know, for those of you who like the word punishment, if you just throw, start throwing that out in a different way, the kids are going to be confused. Why is everything different? So you need to let them know, right. either individually or as a, in a family meeting, why things are changing and what your expectations are. Okay. Because for a kid who's been beating up their sibling, they're like, why do I, you know, what's the big deal? Yeah, all of a they, sudden,
0: hey, man, this was okay yesterday. No, it's not okay today. What happened to you, mom? Yeah, they what's only know deal? what they
1: know. So, Mom. mom. Dad.
0: <laughs> okay. Jerks. Jerks. All right. Um, our next partner is Tree of Life Chiropractic Care, and um, they actually have something cool going on. They have a workshop about baby slings. Yeah, did yeah. Did you use a baby sling?
1: I did. And I did think, you like it? I bet Elise is doing that. She is. Yeah, she's wonderful. She's she's a pro.
0: It's a workshop free for the community, and they'll talk about safety precautions. So if you have any young babies um, and you're thinking about doing the sling thing, um, Thursday, June 27th at 630 at Tree of Life Chiropractic Care, and their phone number is 630 630- Nine four one eight seven three three, And while you're there, make sure you uh, schedule an appointment with Dr. Kelly and get your back adjusted.
1: Because she's the best. And I will say one quick thing about slings is I like that um, Elise does these workshops because uh, a while ago, I don't know if it was a year ago or so, but people started to talk about how slings were dangerous mm-hmm. because babies were being suffocated, right. and and it there had been some instances where this had occurred. So mm-hmm. I'm not saying it didn't happen, but you know the majority of people using slings are using them in the correct way, right. and we don't want to throw out slings because you know it's kind of don't like, throw
0: a baby with the bathwater. That's right,
1: and we need to just learn how to use them in the appropriate way. I um, love the sling. And also, we need to use use them in an appropriate way where we don't hurt ourselves because we can throw our back out. You want to
0: know what my problem was with the sling? What? It's only good for like whatever a month and then the kid grows up to be too big
1: you didn't learn how to use it in all the, the ways we only had the native american carrier right but there's there's slings and i can't even think of the names of them we're so far past that really? time but you can use them up till they're toddlers oh yeah
0: well, i wish we would have done that
1: i know we should have taken elisa's class but in
0: the right when they're born you know, those they, slings are the best they're the best oh my gosh it doesn't get any better now. all right so, do you want to talk about sick parents and little kids? Yeah,
1: I just want to say one thing. Again, we we have done shows before about being in this middle place where you're helping your parents while simultaneously raising small children, and what a challenge it can be to be um, pulled at both sides. And you know, my friend who's dealing with this, she she's talking about the emotional, you know, repercussions or what she's. Can, she thinks there's some repercussions that maybe her children aren't getting what they need, or she's not doing enough for her parents. And here's the thing we can simultaneously be having two feelings, mm-hmm. meaning we can be present with our children and be grateful for everything that's going on with our kids. And at the same time, be grieving or worried about our parents. Those two things can be happening at the same time. And I think sometimes we, if we're having one feeling, we feel like we're not paying attention to the other. Like, oh, I'm grieving for my parents. That means my kids don't think I care about them or vice versa. I'm having actually a good day with my kids. I must not care about what's going on with my parents.
0: Well, and I'm a victim of that. I, I kind of, I'm, um, and not that this is right, but I'm kind of in a black and white mode during my day. I'm either having a good day or a bad day. Mm. Obviously, I can have a middle day, but rarely do I have a bad and a good day at the same time. Mm. So to this example, say I have a parent who's in the e, in t- intensive care for whatever reason, It's really hard for me to let go of that. Like, let's say, whatever, a parent is in the intensive care and I spent three hours there this morning. Mm -hmm. It's very difficult for me to come home in the afternoon and, I know you're going to jump all over me for saying this, turn that off and then be present for my kids and be happy. Mm -hmm. It's very, very challenging Mm -hmm. for me to do it. Like, it just lingers throughout the day. I can't. I can't not I can't turn that off.
1: Right. And I don't think you're expected to um and I think that it's not about turning something on and off, it's about being present for both emotions. You I like I said, you can have them both simultaneously. It, it's it's um
0: But the dark usually overshadows the light.
1: I disagree. And it, the light think about a dark room.
0: Yeah. All, all you, you have to is turn a, is
1: a flashlight and the light I know, you
0: know. I'm just thinking about the heavy emotion that goes into Intensive care with loved ones. Oh,
1: believe me, I know. Yeah.
0: Um, So my, you know, I understand your metaphor with light and dark, but I'm more saying it's really hard for me to. And I know you're not saying to do this, but just to 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 let that go as soon as I leave the hospital. It's going to linger throughout the rest of the day.
1: Of course, and there's some things you can accept that and not fight it because what you resist is going to persist. I feel heavy Mm -hmm. because I'm worried for my dad or I'm worried for my mom or my parents. Mm -hmm. I feel heavy. But when I am at home, I am also going to simultaneously notice what's working. I am going to enjoy that my child just gave me a picture. See, we'll feel guilty about smiling or laughing or having an experience of joy or having that that gratitude feeling. And we somehow think that feeling that at home means we're not caring about what's going on right. in the hospital. And it's the opposite. Right. If you can go home, you're still going to have the heaviness. You can't get rid of it. But if you can go home and have moment-to-moment awareness mm-hmm. about what's working. Because the thing I'll challenge you about, about a day is either good or bad, mm-hmm. is then you're living in your head.
0: Yeah, that's is that story of my life.
1: Because... A day is twenty four hours, right So you have decided at 10 am that the rest of the day is going to be bad because this happened. you haven't even experienced it yet right. And I guess my point is is we got to stop looking at life as that year was good. that week was bad. This experience was good. you're in you're constantly in a moment with things. And the reason I say this is not because I have it all down because I feel like I work on this. Constantly, mm-hmm. but I'm aware. What I do know that I have integrated is understanding that right. I can't say I'm practicing it all the time, but I've had enough experiences with darkness mm-hmm. to understand that when you're in it, it's not. It's not the end. Meaning, that's not it. That's a moment. Well,
0: and what you know, I'll put my other hat on my hat of optimism. It's a disservice to both your children and your parents to let the heaviness affect when you're with your kids you know what I mean like you're you're certainly not helping your kids if you bring a negative heavy emotion to the rest of the day and what would your parents want your parents would want you to be present and happy with your children when you're with them right so I would just say to our friend keep that in mind your your parent who is struggling with some illness wants you to be happy and fulfilled and hopeful when they're with When you're with your kids. And not
1: just for your kids, but for them Mm -hmm. because they need you to be full. That's when you're true. with them, right. if you come to them depleted and constantly grieving, then they you're they can't pull anything from you. Right. And you need to. And and this sounds so heavy, but you and I have both been in this position. Oh, yeah. We've had sick parents. We we know what that's like. And you have to. We would do things like you and I, and you know, let's go get pizza mm-hmm. and go eat and mm-hmm. do something to kind of be ourselves again, right. so we could return and be in that function of caregiver again. Mm-hmm. So you know, there, there's things that you have to do. The thing that I would say about with the kids, because I think we're often concerned about what are the kids picking up from this, because we know that kids are energetic, is um, JC and I were talking last week about she did this tryout for the soccer team, and she was talking about how she didn't want to go, how she was nervous, how she felt sick to her stomach, and at the same time was excited. And we had a big talk about those paradox that paradox, right. that that is exactly right. Meaning you don't have to decide which one you're feeling. You're feeling both. Right. And then if we can help our kids understand that you can feel excited and scared simultaneously, you can be happy and, um, and grieving mm-hmm. at the same time. You can be, and that's, that is life. Life is a paradox. You can feel when someone is even, um, you know, transitioning, dying, mm-hmm. that you can feel relief for that experience, right. and simultaneously, a deep grief of loss, you know, a deep feeling of loss. That can happen at the same time. And if we can help our kids understand that early, then they won't be so black and white. Mm. They'll be able to manage things better because they'll say, I'm nervous, but I can still do this.
0: What about when you walk into that hospital room and you just decide that you have to put on a smile and be strong for your parent who's sick? Wouldn't that be considered inauthentic? Well, because you're feeling sad and heavy so I could see where somebody might take this information and say oh well you're just telling me to put on a happy face and then that's not true because I'm not happy so what I would suggest to you know remark to that is tell your parent I'm scared I'm sad I love you but I'm also here and I'm going to you know do everything I can to be present with you yeah. in the rest of my life instead of Pretending that everything is fine. Because a lot of people try to pretend everything's fine. Well, not
1: only is that disingenuous, but I think for the person who is sick, it makes them uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I think when people are being fake, that the person who is ill is uncomfortable. I know when I am feeling sad or whatever, and the person around me is trying to pretend everything is okay, I want to be like, oh my gosh, get real. This sounds too simplistic, but... When you walk into the into a hospital room, and I'm saying this from experience, just be. Mm. Don't try and attach a word to it or emotion or I'm going to be this way. I'm going to pretend to be this way. I'm going to say this. I'm going to do this. Just go in and be present. Right. Because that's all they need you to do. And it's the same thing with your children. Instead of I'm going to be this kind of parent, that's creating a story in your head. Right. Why don't you just go and... Just be. Just roll with Just it. Just roll with it. You've got to roll with the baby. Steve Winwood. Yes. You've got to roll with I don't think you have the tune right, though. You oh, can, I do. You've kind of you got, got the got reggae version. You've got to roll with the baby. Isn't that it? Dun, 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 dun. I don't yeah. really like
0: Steve Winwood. Yeah. Be back in the high life again.
1: What about um, Higher Love? That's a good one.
0: My friends told me uh, to stop singing on, on the, the show. show. so. <laughs> Bring me your higher <laughs> love. Bring me higher love. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Kathy. <laughs> I Kathy. like the
1: sound effects. Yeah, but it
0: goes on too long. I know. Kathy I wanted the sound effects on the show. Okay. All right, let's move on. The, to the tip. Um, I got some tips. Yes. Divorce a of, tip. A lot of tips. A lot of
1: tips. Um, Here, um,
0: all right, yeah, oh, the divorce. Oh, I was going to talk, talk about BU.
1: Oh, jeez. We're fine. Are we? Yes. So can, okay, Can I say something about BU or did you want to jump in?
0: We're trying to market this program uh, teaching emotional intelligence to fifth grade boys and fifth grade girls. Fifth grade girls is going splendidly well. We got a lot of people signed up for it. We got a waiting list. Fifth grade boys, not the same. We are using the wrong message to try to attract the parents of these fifth grade boys.
1: So what we have learned is that, you know, I'm complete. This has been a great learning curve for Todd and I because we just weren't marketing correctly. Like we... I don't think, you know, I've gotten a lot of emails from parents about this saying, what about this? You know, consider this. And I think what happened is for us to use the word emotional turns um, dads off right away. I talked to another dad
0: and the dad said, you know, why would my son want it? Like, what do you mean? My son's weak. Yeah. He even went as far as saying, what, you mean my son's gay? Wow. You know, it was pretty extreme. Right. So I'm not going to subscribe to that. And he wasn't saying it from his perspective, but he's like, that's what some dads will think. Like, right? why? Why? That's not necessary. Well,
1: and the thing is is, 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 first of all, my first response, but this isn't going to be my last response, just hear me out with this, is, first of all, what does that have to do with being gay? Mm-hmm. A. Right. You know? Okay. A. B, um, the fact that we think our girls need emotional support, but our boys don't, is crazy. I agree. Okay. I agree. So I'm just going to say that. But I also understand that we have to, you know, one of the things I learned as a therapist and as a coach is you meet people where they are. Mm-hmm. You don't just say, well, you should be different, right. therefore. You meet people where they are. And if those words are throwing them off, then then we're going to use different words. Right. Like I'm not, you know, we're willing to alter things we're doing to make So this...
0: I want to throw this out to our listeners. Okay. And maybe we'll post a Facebook underneath where we share this show. Saying, what are some words?
1: I actually did this on Friday.
0: Oh, you did? Yeah, I did. Did anybody answer? Yeah,
1: got some good words. What are some words? Um, strength, um, uh, something about not fearless, um, something, uh, courage, a lot of very masculine, typical masculine words.
0: So if you're listening to this and you have some words or some, just some ideas of, uh, how to communicate this message better because you and I didn't do a very good job first time around. It
1: isn't. And the thing is is it doesn't mean that we're we're changing the curriculum But I I feel like what people don't understand is Todd's going to be teaching these boys, and you guys know Todd if you've been listening to this. He's not going to be like doing a circle where everyone's crying. He's going to be talking about how to be your best self, how to deal with with sportsmanship, Mm -hmm. how to deal with conflict resolution, how to give a good handshake, how to look people in the eye, Mm -hmm. how to um, be... You know, if you're interested in girls or if girls are... How to
0: walk into a room. How to walk
1: into a room. How to have some presence. How how to use humor. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are like life skills for boys. And so what we did is we did ourselves a disservice by throwing in that word emotion. Right. Even though, like I said, I think it's not It's kind nuts. of the underlying
0: theme of a lot of what we're going to talk about, but... But it's the
1: underlying... It's a piece of the bigger puzzle. Yeah. And, and, and
0: we started with with
1: that little yes. piece. And, and we I think we it threw everybody off. Okay. So right. so anyway, so we're working on that, and we are going to re, um, reignite or re-engage the marketing yeah. in a couple of weeks So, um, and start fresh. And if you're
0: interested, uh, comments at ZenParentingRadio.com, and we'll send you more information and about it. And it's going to be great. I'm fifth so excited. Fifth grade boys, fifth grade girls yeah. in Elmhurst. Yeah. Most of the people don't listen, aren't from Elmhurst, but well, in case you are, yeah. let us know.
1: Yeah. Maybe we'll do something virtually eventually. Yeah.
0: That would be a good idea. Yeah. Kids like virtual stuff.
1: Yeah, they're online a lot. Um
0: so divorce tip. Okay. Second in a series of tips for divorced parents.
1: Tips. This would be the this would be the second tip. Is the first one that we gave last week was, you know, don't throw your partner, your ex-partner under the bus. Don't talk negatively about them because your children are half of that person and that will not make them feel good and it doesn't it just kind of sets a negative tone. To this week is don't tell your kids how to feel. We had a friend who was going through a divorce and he kept telling us what he was telling his kids and he kept saying to his kids, Hey, it's gonna be great. Now there's gonna be two houses, two Christmases, two Christmases, two this to that. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. And he kept telling them how great it was gonna be. And while I understand that you're trying to put a, a positive spin, you've gotta let your kids decide how they feel about that. Right. Meaning this is how it's gonna be. Right. We are going to work through it and we're going to make it work. But how do you feel about that? Mm-hmm. And instead of telling them how great it's going to be, let them be sad or mm-hmm. grieve so then they can eventually accept it yeah. instead of be forced, like we were just talking about, to put a smile on at a place that they really don't want to be right. um, or feel... Because you want to know why kids rebel? They don't feel heard. Right. That is why kids rebel. If you want the bottom line answer, I mean, there's a lot of different things that go into that. Right. There's other pieces. But kids rebel when no one listens to how they're feeling. And so if you're, gonna go, if you're going through a divorce and your children, you keep telling your kids, well, you should be happy. You should be thankful. Um, you should notice what I'm doing. You should, you're just telling them instead of giving them an opportunity to share, well, this is how I feel because their feelings are just as important. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean you have to fix them. Let them feel it. Give them a safe space to share it. Tell them you'll be there and because it's truth. What they're saying is their truth in that moment. Right. So quit getting, don't go into problem solver and be like, well, let me tell you how to feel differently. Tell them you get it. Tell them they're heard. And once they can release that, then they can go into a place where they can maybe start to look at things positively.
0: I would love to add to it, but I think you covered that pretty well. Oh, thank you. Um, So last but not least is our third partner, Avid Company. They do painting and remodeling all over the Chicagoland area. Their phone number is 630-956-1800. Tell them Zen Parenting sent you and you get a special, extra special discount.
1: You get the extra special service.
0: Um, so turn them in a bad. What is that? I got a bunch of stuff, but I'm only gonna share a few of them.
1: Just do one because we're kinda going late.
0: I don't understand um hair of the dog. The bit ya? Yeah.
1: I don't understand it either.
0: So when you get um drunk and you're hung over the next morning, you gotta bite the hair of the dog?
1: No, you don't you drink the hair of the dog?
0: And I know I can just Google it and find out, but I'd the rather... The hair of the
1: dog bit you. So what they're saying is if you drank and you got drunk, then in the morning you need to keep drinking to feel better.
0: I understand that, but what does that have to do with hair of the dog?
1: You're... So if a dog bit you to deal with that, you eat its hair. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and we can, I, like I said, I can Google that and find out in two <laughs> seconds, but I'd much rather not know... And ask the question and complain about why I don't know.
1: Well, you know, your sister was just asking me yesterday about throw the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah. She was like, walk through that with me. And she's right. It's a silly, you know, we, well, we have Well, that these... makes
0: more sense. Like the bathwater you got to get rid of. But um, don't throw the baby don't out. Don't throw the baby right. with it. Right. But sometimes you. Hair mean... the dog is completely misleading. I know.
1: But sometimes these things that we use so regularly, when you really think about what you're saying, it's kind of a crazy thing.
0: Speaking of booze, last thing. Um, I don't understand like I'll go to I'll fly out early in the morning and it's like seven thirty at O'Hare airport, mm-hmm. and there's people drinking at a bar right in the airport at seven thirty in the why morning. Why
1: is that surprising to you?
0: But it's like the only place in the world that it's kind of commonplace or society says it's okay to drink at seven thirty in the morning.
1: Uh, but I guess my question is, you know why they're doing it, right?
0: Yeah. Well, no. Why?
1: Well, I think the reason the bars are open is because for some people, flying can be a nerve-wracking experience if it be that there's all sorts of things. It's the actual flying, being in the plane, so they need to numb out a little bit, like people take medication and pills to get on a plane. Two, they're leaving somewhere, and they're grieving, and so they're numbing out because they don't want to feel that feeling. They're going somewhere new, which makes them nervous, so they don't want to feel that feeling. So it's a numbing out, don't you think?
0: Um, I think most people who are drinking are numbing out, but it's not because they're afraid to fly or because they're going to a new place. I think they try to numb out every chance they get.
1: Well, then that'd be, that'd be number four. I mean, some people just numb to numb. Some people just get so excited, like you say, to be able to drink in a socially acceptable way.
0: It's just strange to me. And not to say I've never drank 730 in the morning, but it's when I was in college. I don't know
1: if I have.
0: Oh, sure. Have I? West End Breakfast.
1: Oh, okay did you
0: ever do West End Breakfast yeah
1: Yeah. I did so maybe I did 730 just seems pretty darn early in college it's
0: just weird to me anyways that's my that's my tournament of bad
1: okay I like it
0: so last but not least I'd like you to promote your two books that you Uh, have Self
1: Aware Parent and The Self Aware Parent 2 I'm I'm working on my third book right now but I don't think it's going to be called The Self Aware Parent 3 because that just makes me want to yawn Yawn. Yawn. So I'm trying to think of a better title, but it's got a lot more essays. It's a big, big book. Um, but anyway, both my my first two books are on my website KathyCAdams.com or Amazon.com. You can find them there.
0: And if you uh, want to present her at your book club or your church group or your mom's, yeah, group,
1: summer's kind of full though. I got to be honest. It's not full. It is. Full. We're fine come on I don't I don't like filling every space we we already have a lot of stuff
0: listen everybody we're okay but if you
1: if you want a presenter for fall we'll think about it or
0: the summer and I'm available (laughs) all right so that's it thank you very much for listening have a great week uh share our show on Facebook okay bye Bye.